0: You're not really worried about, you know, advertising or the cost of people or whatnot, because you know you're gonna hold on to them, not churn them out in 90 days.
1: Conquer Local. It's really a breath of fresh air, good times. I help leaders go from anxiety to authority under pressure. And then let's go and get it. It's an ecosystem. The hardest part here is gonna be getting me to shut up on this one.
0: Conquer Local with Vendasta, hosted by Jeff Tomlin.
1: Welcome to the Conquer Local Podcast, Our show features successful sales leaders, marketers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs who will inspire you with their success stories. Each episode is packed with practical strategies as our guests share their secrets to achieving their dreams. Listen in to learn the highlights of their remarkable accomplishments and get tips to revamp, rework, and reimagine your business. Whether you're a small business owner, a marketer, or aspiring entrepreneur, the Conquer Local Podcast is your ultimate guide to dominating your local market. Tune in now to take your business to the next level. I'm Jeff Tomlin and on this episode, we're pleased to welcome Dennis Yu. Dennis is a digital marketing expert with a background in search engine engineering and advertising. Now, as an early pioneer in search engine technology, Dennis has an extensive track record of success in the digital space. He's managed over a billion dollars in ad spend for major clients like Nike and Red Bull, showcasing his expertise in driving impactful marketing campaigns. In his current role, Dennis is known for developing the Six-Phase Dollar a Day Program, a streamlined approach for focusing on practical, real-world digital marketing strategies. This program is particularly renowned among digital marketing agencies for its effectiveness in lead generation and business growth. With a career spanning significant advancements in digital marketing, Dennis brings a wealth of experience and no-nonsense approach to his teachings and strategies. He's a resource for agencies looking to enhance their digital presence and drive substantial results in their advertising efforts. Get ready, Conquerors, for Dennis Yu, coming up next on this week's episode of the Conquer Local Podcast. Dennis Yu, welcome back to the Conquer Local Podcast. Hey, it's always great to see you and just want to say thanks for taking some time out of your busy day. I know you're all over the place right now. Thanks for joining us.
0: Good to see you, Mr. Jeff.
1: Hey, for anyone that uh, doesn't know uh, de- how how much Dennis travels, uh, I how many days out of the out of the year are you on the road? 200. 200, easy, easy. You're calling us uh, calling in right now to the podcast from S- Sydney, Australia, and then you're off to another continent after that, um, and uh, I'm sure to another speaking engagement. So thanks again for taking some time. By the way, um, saw so on your Twitter feed you were uh, listening to RFK speak. And uh, counting the number of uh, Secret Service agents that uh, were were protecting him, where whereabouts was that?
0: That was in Las Vegas last week.
1: Yeah, he he had an entourage around him. They're taking care of him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. I would never want to be that famous.
1: No kidding. No kidding. Well, you you're probably getting there. Um, hey, uh, <laughs> I wanted to start out with a bit, you know, a little bit of trend. Um, yeah, OpenView uh, Ventures just came out with their most recent uh, benchmarks in in the SaaS space, and one of the things that they note is customer acquisition costs are up. Customer retention, you know, over this last year for software companies typically down. Um, so in terms of you know trends that are impacting you know digital marketers. What are you seeing the same sort of thing? And and what else can you layer onto that?
0: Look, the cost of acquisition has gone up every year in the last 30 years in digital marketing because of the cost of the traffic, because the cost of people, because competition, because you know, whatever. But all that really means is if you're good at what you're doing, it doesn't matter because it's all about having great LTV. So if you really take care of your clients and they don't cancel on you, you can afford to pay more than anyone else. And in fact, you want the cost of acquisitions to be higher because you want to squeeze out your competitors. If you're really good at what you do, you're not really worried about, you know, advertising or the cost of people or whatnot because you know you're going to hold on to them, not churn them out in ninety days.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Are Are you finding people that are dealing with smaller clients having to go up market to work with customers like an ideal customer profile that has a larger lifetime value?
0: Mm. I think it's less about a different customer base, and it's more about being able to be efficient and have low churn. So one of my friends, Josh Nelson, runs Plumber HVAC yes. as an agency. He's at six million dollars a year, yeah. ARR wow. now, and I think a, a few years ago he had only you know fifty or sixty clients. Now he's maybe 300, 400 clients. So he's just tuned his operations where it's it's not that he's he's charging more. He he's just able to do. And Do it at scale.
1: By the way, the last time you were on here, you talked about your lighthouse strategy, and uh, the story you yeah. just said—that's that, a great example of someone that's found a niche and sounds like he's just crushing it. Yeah,
0: I, the lighthouse strategy—I think is—it's not a fad. I think it's the most powerful technique strategy that any agency can use. And I'll give you a few examples from my own direct experience because that's what we like to speak from. So. I have a friend, Tom Ferry. He's the number one real estate coach. He's got 400,000 real estate agents that follow him. If you're a real estate agent, you know who he is. And we've done a masterclass together. We've done training together because he's got that audience. I'm not a real estate agent. I've never bought or sold a house. But because I've been on with Tom Ferry, content that we put out together resonates with that audience. It's like remarketing without me necessarily having to have someone else's list. It's as if I have their list. And thus, by putting an agency under that lighthouse's name, then you instantly can beat anyone else who's an agency because you have the, the top figurehead as the leader of the agency. So yeah. you know, I look at Roger Wakefield, he's a friend of mine, he's a plumber, he runs a large plumbing company, I think they're like 13 million a year in Dallas, and he happens to have a YouTube channel with a million followers. So if you have a broken toilet or whatever it is, you probably have seen his videos, right? Yeah. And so we have put services under his name. So why wouldn't you take the top chiropractor, the top dentist, the top whatever, and put an agency under that name? Because, you know, Richard Branson has what, 700 virgin whatever companies? You think he really owns all those virgin companies? No, he's just licensing his name. So, I mean, it certainly makes sense if you have the best known person in that category then you know the best known plastic surgeon all the other plastic surgeons are going to know who that plastic surgeon is and then you just cut him five percent or whatever it is as, as a royalty and so we've done that in several verticals and it's not even fair because i don't know anything about plastic surgery or liposuction or rhinoplasty or whatever it is but we put it under that person's name why not right assuming you can provide the results it's well documented you have a good reputation. You have good op, you know. Yeah, fulfillment, solid, all of that.
1: It's incredible, by the way. I, I mean, I saw you sh- sharing out the, you know, the story about the, you know, the, the plumber. What, what? He just hit a, a million views on his, on his YouTube channel. People a million would think
0: subscribers that... and like two hundred million views or so. Yeah. Who, who
1: would think that someone in that type of profession could gain that type of awareness and traffic? It's, it's really incredible, actually. Well,
0: well, look at what he's done. So. He is a master plumber. That's a term. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah. Like, it's not, not just he's a good plumber. There's a term called master plumber. And he's literally for years making, he's been making videos on what happens when the drain is clogged. What happens when there's poop in there? What happens when you're building a new house? What like Every one of these situations. And because he's so dedicated, because he scaled a real business as a plumber, he's teaching other people how you can get a career in the trades. So he and I actually share the same mission of creating jobs for young adults. And because so many people have learned how to become a plumber, how to build a career by following him, then it certainly makes sense that the next step is that he can do this at scale and help agencies as well, you know, his own agency on top of that. But if you're good at what you do, you're you're doing it because there's a larger mission, right? And so people follow everyone who's a plumber knows who this guy is. Yeah, Because they've grown their careers and their businesses at scale with him.
1: Incredible. So, Dennis, you work with some really, really big brands as well, like Nike, Rosetta Stone, Golden State Warriors. Um, so, those are really big enterprises. When you think about, first off, well, I have two questions for you. Number one is there sort of a is there a common thread that has brought some of those big brands to you like a specific type of thing that they're that that they're looking for and number 2 um when you're working yeah. with a brand of that sort of size um does how does your yeah. approach differ from working with someone that's sort of say a local business or a smaller agency
0: yeah so for to those two questions I'll answer it in a slightly different way there's your perceived value, and then there's your actual value. And the whole point of lead gen and acquisition is they need to perceive that you are the best, that that you actually deliver great results. You could be the best SEO, website, social media, whatever you are, right? You could actually be the best. But if they don't perceive you as being different from all these other folks in a legitimate, authentic way, they're not going to want to work with you. And so the lighthouse strategy we talked about before, I think, is the easiest way to create the perceived value. So there's two things, well, I guess three, that I think do this, that for the more enterprise clients, you have to do more of it. So first off, if you want the larger enterprise clients, you have to have enterprise clients. The way we got Nike was we did marketing for Adidas, because some of the campaigns that we ran for Adidas for the Olympics – Nike saw them. You know they're in the same city, right? Yeah. Like Google and Yahoo in the same city. Like all these companies are like in the in the in a competitive category, like in the same place. They said, "We saw what you did with Adidas. Can you come in and consult for us?" And at first, I thought, "Well, it's a competitive thing. Why would I?" You know. And and so it was was okay. Like we had Allstate Insurance and State Farm together. At one time, we had, Bull, Monster Energy, and Rockstar all at the same time as clients. And I went to my attorney and I said, can we do this? And he said, Dennis, when you have two in the same category, that's called a conflict of interest. But when you have three or more, it's called a practice. Because they want to, right? There you go. Big agencies, as you know, conflict agencies. But it was the work that we did for Adidas that caused Nike to reach out to us as inbound market. It wasn't because we had sales reps. Using AI tools to send out outreach, or because we sponsored the big conference, or because of we paid someone, or like, it was simply the reputation that came from the Lighthouse strategy. If you're really good in sports, for example, then you're going to attract more of the same kind of thing because other people. Because the bottom line is, with enterprise, a lot of people think it's this this moat, this like castle. You have to somehow beat down the walls, get inside, and like pillage everybody, and like a barbarian or something. No. It's based on relationships, just at scale. There's more relationships. So the way we got the Golden State Warriors is because of what we did for Nike and because of a lot of the friends that are in common between these different companies. When the new head of marketing, the new CMO came in to the Golden State Warriors, my friend Kenny Lauer, he said, Dennis, you're the first person I called because I have this big challenge and I know that I can trust you. And I happen to see what you did for Nike and we want to do the same kinds of things and drive sales and you know other people said, you you can't drive sales using social media and Facebook ads, and I know that you can do that. So you know, come in and help us do that, build a team. So number one is having other enterprise clients like that that you uplift as a lighthouse client. Number two, this is one that I've almost never see agencies do, is you publish the results of that lighthouse and you elevate them. So, With the Golden State Warriors as a client, because they, at one point, they were the number one sports team in terms of marketing, better than Manchester United, all the other teams out there. I had a chance to keynote at a big conference, and the organizers invited me, and they said, hey, last year, Richard Branson was the opening keynote inside the stadium, and this year, we were inviting you to be the opening keynote. I'm like, I'm not Richard Branson, but... Sure, why not, right? You're going to pay me a lot of money and fly me to Europe and all this. And he said, you know, I'll, I'll take that, but I'm going to offer you something better. I'll come and open, but then I'm going to invite the head of marketing for the Golden State Warriors, the number one most winning team in the NBA, and have him present how he created a dominant brand, not just dominant in sports, but on the rival rival level of other brands like A Starbucks or a Disney or you know one of these other major brands, how he built the brand and built sales and built the list and all that, and then this was my kind of Trojan horse, because by having the CMO of the Golden State Warriors speak on stage and say how they did that, they naturally were saying, here's the checklist that we use. Let's log in. Here's the campaigns. Here's our analytics. Here's our sales. Here's how we organize. Here's how we work. Here's how our team is laid out. Right. And what he's really doing was talking about what it was like working with Dennis's team. But it wasn't a testimonial, right? You see the difference, Jeff? Of course. All these other agencies are trying to do testimonials. Oh, you know, we love Vendasta so much. Vendasta is so good. Yeah, I agree with all those, but that's not helpful. That's a testimonial. Instead, yeah. here's how I use Vendasta to grow my seven-figure agency in the chiropractic space. True story, right? Yeah. I grew a seven-figure agency using Vendasta, snapshot Report, or all the different tools in there, right? And so that was actually helpful. So when you have your lighthouse talk about you, following a particular checklist that you then share so that everyone else in the NBA, Mark Zuckerberg and, and these other guys shared our checklist. Here's the checklist that the Golden State Warriors used to set up remarketing audiences and drive LTV by having repeat ticket purchasers and merchandise buyers. Yeah. Then it's real value. So the lighthouse plus... Honoring the lighthouse, sharing via a checklist, they published a published set of videos, SOPs, task by task, way of doing things, is what agencies, for some reason, most of them don't do.
1: De- Dennis, I love that story, and uh, you know it reminds me of this book that I had read a long time ago in my uh, in in my work career, but by. by I think the name of the book was How to Jumpstart Your Business Brain. It was by Doug Hall anyways. And one of the things he talked about was uh, having a real reason to believe. And he talked about you, you know the yeah. idea that people don't believe testimonials. People can just make that shit up and 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 put it out there. But Exactly. You put the CMO of the Golden State Warriors up on stage and people believe that because he's up there in the flesh. Yeah. That and and so all of a sudden it's it's Extremely believable and, uh, and definitely a, a differentiator, that's for sure.
0: Well, I'll give you an example. So, last week I was in Dallas and I was the closing keynote at another conference. And I invited my friend Thomas Ballantyne to co keynote with me. And he runs the marketing for Bulwark Pest Control, which is one of the largest pest control companies in the United States. I think they're in 30 states and they absolutely dominate with SEO. SEO is 70%. Of their business, so you type in bugs, spiders, pigeons, whatever. Like they're number one there, ahead of like Orkin and all the these other places, right? And instead of so, let me ask you, Jeff, what carries more credibility for someone who owns a pest control company? Because there's a lot. There's twenty thousand pest control companies out there. Me saying, hey, let me tell you, here's the five tips on how to do SEO if you're a pest control company, or Thomas Valentine saying, this is how we do it at Bulwark Pest Control.
1: Yeah, real reason to believe he did it. Eh?
0: Yeah, so it's not that I'm afraid of speaking. It's just I prefer having the person they trust say, this is how we did it. Let me log into my Google Analytics. Let me show you exactly how we build our campaigns. Not me, I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to log in and show you exactly how it is. And he'll say, and by the way, you know we work with Dennis and blah, 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 right? Yeah. And then all it takes is that one moment where I'm standing next to him, and he acknowledges me. Yeah, and that's it. And the other ninety nine percent of the time he's going, he's talking about all this that makes him look good. We're publishing a book together. He's the main author. Yeah. I'm the co-author, right? why Why wouldn't this guy, who's the CMO at this company, why, why wouldn't he want to accept this gift for me that has no strings? It's elevating his career. it It generates more SEO for him. It, it's public speaking. I'm paying for all of it. Why wouldn't
1: he I really think people are, are really hungry for recipes and they go and they look for not just a recipe, but, but they look for the the best recipe and they don't want to hear all the background about it yeah. and, and, and the fluff. They just want the recipe and they want to believe it and they want to yeah. think it's the best. I, I, yeah. I really believe that.
0: And the best recipe is the one that you've implemented yourself many times. So all the other agencies out there, I'm asking them, why don't you elevate your best client and make them look good? And show one, two, three, four. This is how we did it. There's no secret. So SEO is a secret, mystical, proprietary thing. No, this is how we use ChatGPT to generate articles and repurpose videos. This is how we hire VAs from the Philippines to do this thing at scale. This is exactly the script that we use. Just give it away. Yeah, and that's what's worked for us.
1: That's great, Uh, Dennis. uh, You know, I never, I never have enough time uh, when I sit down and and chat with you. There was a couple other things I wanted to chat. uh, Ask you about um, before we ran out of time. One was uh, w- one thing that made you really succ- um, uh, really well known was your dollar a day strategy, and um, yeah. I know uh, you know a lot of businesses uh, use it now. Um, is it still the dollar a day strategy? Is it is it still applicable today? Um, as a scale of it, just some changed. people said inflation it should be two dollars a day,
0: or it's, it's still a dollar got- a day. I know, like, all the dollar stores have turned into like a five dollar stores, but <laughs> it, it is a dollar a day because, or it's whatever the minimum budget is that allows you to test. Because dollar yeah. day is a testing strategy because everything's moved towards video, we have to put lots of videos out there, but you could have a video that's 10 minutes long, you have a video that you know what, but if people leave you in the first two seconds of the video. It doesn't matter what happens in the rest of the video, right? Yeah. 100%. So, what we're really using with Dollar a Day is batch testing at low cost, lots of different creatives, and making sure that we get people past the first two seconds. Then we optimize for conversion. So, one of my friends, Lindy Olson, she runs World Gym Australia. She runs the digital marketing for this. They're a chain of hundreds of you probably have heard of them. Probably one in your city. All right, so one in Saskatoon. I don't know, but it's it's a major fitness you know gym chain. And she's been running dollar a day. She told me this yesterday, because she spoke at this conference that we're at. And they she, in particular on TikTok, she found that some famous musicians were working out at the gym. And World Gym is where Arnold Schwarzenegger and these guys, this is like the original bodybuilder gym, right? And this, these musicians that were reasonably well known were doing workouts and whatnot. And she reached out to them saying, Hey, you know, I'd love to boost that post that you have. And TikTok has something called Spark Ads. So you can boost someone else's post. And she did. reuse that content, drove tons and tons of gym signups, drove more followers, not just on TikTok, but all the other channels. But had she not used the dollar a day technique to boost other people's posts, because you can do that on Facebook and TikTok, not just the brand's post. It, it, cool. it behaves differently when you boost someone else's post. For the same reason, it behaves differently when Roger Wakefield talks about me versus me talking about me,
1: Right. right. Right.
0: And when we found a winner, we put more money against it, and they'd run evergreen. And we, we've had ads that we've run from 10 years ago that still run today. They started at a dollar a day, and some of them, they went to a million dollars a day. Like you probably saw the one with Rosetta Stone, where we did all this testing, found the winner, then put a million dollars against it on Black Friday, a million dollars a day against it on Black Friday.
1: Amazing. But um, it's a
0: testing strategy.
1: So I, I love the strategy. Um, I, I, I know a ton of people are now using your strategy. Uh, probably not enough if everyone in the world isn't because um, no matter how smart you think you are at, at coming up with uh, different types of messaging, um, you're, you're never going to get yeah. it right the first time or this, probably not the second time. Don't put your eggs in just a very small basket. You need to test more. And you need to test at scale to find your winner. And I love the strategy, and so I'm glad we got a, uh, a minute to touch on that. Um, what? Another thing I wanted to ask you about, Dennis. Uh, you look out into the future here. Um, a lot's changed in, in in the digital marketing landscape. Well, a lot changes every year, um, but we like to talk about change and what's changed, especially here in the podcast. So, you um, you look out a year or, or, or two down the road. What What do you What do you think the big changes that we're, that we're going to be talking about?
0: So there's a first and second order effect. The first order effect is everyone's using these AI tools to astroturf the world with tons and tons of videos and web pages and messages and whatever, right? I think everyone sees that coming as a first order effect. The second order effect is the folks who are going to win when every website has thousands of articles and whatever, and videos are easy to edit, is whoever has the best reputation is going to stand out above the noise so ironically in talking with the leaders in ai and what they think they all have told me and i agree that whoever has the best reputation and is the most empathetic is ultimately going to stand out when it's super easy to mass create content using whatever the latest tool is
1: that that, that makes a lot of sense and you know you probably saw that coming when you know AI has been introduced into search because it's you know instead of giving you a whole bunch of different results you you ask Google now on your on your voice search and it gives you the answer not just a answer it gives you the answer and uh, I yep. can I can totally see um, that uh, I think that you're you're right you look out the people with the strongest reputation are going to win because you have to be the answer
0: so yesterday I met the, the reason why I came to the search conference was I wanted to spend time with the head of search quality at google yeah and this guy who well, i'm not supposed to mention his name but if you look at my facebook you'll see i took a picture with him and he said it was okay he's in charge of search quality at google and he said that right now i mean there's like most of the things i can't i'm not allowed to repeat but i'll paraphrase he said that yes google sees that lots of people are using ai tools to generate blog post location service pages all that kind of stuff Right now, they are not penalizing people for using that. But that is not permission to just willy-nilly go and spam because they will catch you. They will, they are working on a very hard problem. They they said it's very easy to identify GPT-4 content, for example, right? From any particular model, anthropic, bard, whatever. But to identify AI content in general is a more difficult thing that they've been working on. But when they solve that problem, I'll ask the question Do you think, Jeff, there will be a penalty for people that are just using it for the sake of trying to trick the search engine and are not following the EEAT guidelines?
1: Yeah, that's something to think about. And this has been true every year. Every tool, people abuse the tool.
0: They get away with it by black padding or tricking or whatever. And eventually it it gets caught up because there's some new release and they get crushed. Don't you think that's going to happen here too? Every year, it always does.
1: It always does. It doesn't pay to try to beat the engine. So your message is right. build an amazing reputation and be be the answer. And <laughs> take
0: care of the clients. You, you build the reputation by A, doing a good job, yeah. B making the clients look good by putting them on your podcast, not as a testimonial, but actually making them look good. And then C publishing all that stuff, which you know, put a book. We we have books that we've created with our clients. And it's just great. Then you don't have to worry about sales teams that are just cold calling and you know doing that kind of thing. The clients come to you. It truly is an inbound world to yeah. stand out among all the noise.
1: Dennis, there's a boatload of uh, amazing takeaways, as always, uh, with our uh, always-too-short conversation. Um, what's next on the horizon for you over the next little while here?
0: I'm going to Pakistan, and this is helping as part of our mission to create a million jobs. We've created a quarter million jobs in the Philippines, and I think Pakistan is the next Philippines. And These guys are all learning how to implement the content factory. The four stages of the content factory, which starts from raw video, turns it into, into articles, videos, YouTube, social media snippets, and then dollar-day ads. So we think the content factory is the most legitimate and efficient way to do SEO.
1: Dennis, if people wanted to get a hold of you and they have uh, more questions, how do they uh, how do they interact with you?
0: Google me, and you'll see my LinkedIn, my website, my Facebook, my TikTok, whatever it is. I'm happy to answer any kind of question you have, I always reply. It might take me a few days, but I always reply. I always want to see how everyone's growing. I remember what it was like trying to grow an agency, trying to get the first few clients, trying to hire a sales team, trying to do all these different things. So I'm here to help other people.
1: Dennis, consummate professional and a wealth of knowledge. Thanks so much for taking a few moments out of your busy day to spend with us in the Conquer Local podcast. I bid you safe travels, my friend. An
0: honor to spend time with you, Jeff. Awesome. You're the best.
1: Always a pleasure speaking with our friend Dennis Yu. You know, a bunch of valuable anecdotes and lessons. You know, the first takeaway is utilize the Lighthouse strategy for agency growth. He spoke about the power of the Lighthouse strategy. That's when you align your agency with a top figurehead in a specific niche. This will position your agency as an authority and attract high profile clients exemplified by his success with Nike, Red Bull and the Golden State Warriors. The second takeaway is the first and second order effects in digital marketing. Dennis discussed the evolving landscape of digital marketing, highlighting the first order effect of widespread AI tool adoption and the second order effect of reputation becoming paramount. Building a strong reputation, leveraging AI ethically and prioritizing client success are keys to long-term success in the dynamic digital marketing field. If you enjoyed Dennis Yu's episode discussing lead generation, check out our previous episodes from the archives. Check out episode 644, Scaling Global Brands to 10-plus Figures, using Omnichannel Marketing with Justin Brenner, or episode 625, Building a Strong C-Suite Community with Jeffrey Hazlett. Until next time, I'm Jeff Tomlin. Get out there and be awesome.
0: You've been listening to the Conquer Local Podcast presented by Vendasta. Tune in next week for a new episode. Guest discovery and produced by Suleiman Adam. Marketing by Rory Lawford, Brandon Moore, and Suleiman Adam. Executive producers Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Suleiman Adam. Recorded at Vendasta headquarters on the Canadian Prairies.